Hey guys, Trevor here, Brian Leaf. I've got Kyler with Triple J Canaspace up in the Yukon. I'm really excited to be going over some of the difficulties that he has bringing products into shop and as well as the shipping rates and the overall time plays into a factor and when he's putting his orders in and how it affects his overall inventory, as well as just the products that they have available in the Yukon in comparison to a lot of other areas of Canada. So thank you for hopping on today, man. And I really am looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, so am I. It was great to meet you at Lyft and I'm really excited to be here and uh, and kind of give my insight into the Yukon. Absolutely. It was a blast meeting you at Lyft. It was uh, that first kind of day, the smoke pits, the best place to be when you want to meet people. <laughs> it really is. It really is. That's why I spent so much time there. That's where you find the really cool people. Well, absolutely. And if you get a good group, you go in, you do kind of a lap with them, and then you're halfway through, you break off, you go back out to the smoke pit, you find that next crew of people you want to visit with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it was a blast. It was my first time too. So just a really positive experience. Yeah, it was it was nice to be able to go to the one on the West Coast in comparison to the one out east in Niagara that I got to go to in September. Because you get, of course, you see the national sales reps because they'll show up at both. But to see the companies from the West side and a little bit of a different vibe because it is. Like you could tell it seems like a lot more West Coast cannabis business gets done while you're consuming. Oh, 100%. Like, <laughs> I actually, I would agree with that. I haven't been to the one out in uh, in Ontario yet, but you know it is on my purview. But getting from the Yukon to Ontario is a bit yeah. of a long haul. <laughs> a little bit more of a stretch than just to Vancouver. Yeah, and, for yeah. Sure. Like I noticed out in Ontario that it seemed like there was a lot more business conversations happening, and then it's like, oh, okay, we've got this kind of figured out. Well, let's go smoke now, right? Like it's let's sit, figure it out real quick, and then go and enjoy to celebrate, which. It's just interesting, and that's my perspective from the dynamic and just what I'm hearing people talk about, but it's interesting to hear that difference where, that, oh, you want to talk business? Well, let's go spark up. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great vibe. It was a great vibe. Okay, well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of, well, you got a new position with Triple J, so I want to give you an opportunity to highlight that and um, kind of talk about your new promotion as well as just your shops in general right give give everyone an idea of what you're doing up in the yukon yeah of course so um yeah so again my name is siler and all that stuff i recently got promoted to the chief operating officer which is really amazing uh, i'm in my second year at the company here i've really really risen in the ranks i was kind of uh hired as a part-time dispensing tech which is more back end uh like just dealing with the system receiving and uh as it kind of grew i just kind of took over all the operations i really found my passion and uh, Triple J's has been like an integral part of my life since I was about 13 years old. Uh, back then, it was a music store. So I actually bought my very first punk CD there when I was 13 years old. And I remember the girl who helped me had like this huge purple hair. And I told myself, like, this is the kind of space I want to work in. So when it moved into cannabis, it was a perfect opportunity. So, yeah, Triple J's has been around for about 18 years now. Uh, it's moved many different locations. And We've been called like the hub of cannabis culture up here in the Yukon multiple times by different LPs who have made their way up here to come visit us. So uh, we have like the main dispensing cannabis space, which is where all of our main cannabis, uh, cannabis sales are. Um, we have right next to that, we have like our vinyl boutique. So we also sell like records and turntables and guitar strings, all of your kind of music equipment. 
We also have the Triple J's Oasis, which is a space that we had, we dedicated specifically to oils, edibles, and topicals, like those kind of products around wellness. Because what we were seeing in the cannabis space for people who wanted to kind of get introduced to it and were a little bit nervous going into a smoke shop where there's like display bud and there's bongs on the wall and there's pipes everywhere, it can be really overwhelming. So we have the Oasis space that's just like blue and floral and people can come in and sit down and talk about their kind of needs, of course, within the restrictions of the legislation and what we can actually yeah. say uh, and then like upstairs so where i'm sitting right now is in the upstairs we have the piercing and tattoo shop so we're kind of a one-stop shop you can come get your tattoo then you can go buy a pre-roll and then you can go buy a record and then you can go home enjoy your new tattoo your pre-roll and your record nice so it's a really really cool space it's probably one of the reasons why i've invested so much money in records and tattoos because it's so close to me um but yeah, like the, uh, they've been in my life for, for like they watched me grow up kind of thing. Uh, when I first started working here, I was actually a bagel maker and I had so many bagels. I'd drop off bagels from them every single day. And one day the uh, CEO, Jordy Jones, she poked her head out of her office and was like, do you want a job? <laughs> it's like, sure. So bagels, they'll get you places. They'll get you a job. So just hard work will get you places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, and I, that's what I've put a lot into this. And that's kind of why I have the role of, of COO now. Uh, I, I came at a very interesting time at Triple J's and we dealt with a lot of staffing changes. I really stepped up. I took over the head dispensing tech role, which kind of managed all the dispensing tech and the, and the sales staff. Um, from there, I took on IT management. I was given the assistant manager title. And with all those titles, um, it became it became a lot for my business card. So uh, because I handle all the day to day operations as well as the staff, it just seemed fitting that I get the COO title, which is uh, really amazing that I've made it that far in this short amount of time. And I'm just really excited to kind of see how much farther I can progress. Well, and it, like just from what I could see at Lyft, you were so passionate and interested in learning how you could develop connections with the people and the companies that had very similar mindsets, right? Like you you want quality, affordable cannabis up in the Yukon. And anybody 100%. who was able to put that out there for you, I could see immediately you were very interested in the conversation, fully involved, like you're just passionate about it. And yeah. as somebody who's just as passionate, it's it's very easy to notice when you, it's like, oh, there's a conversation that would be great to just sit and listen to because it'd be in depth. You're going to learn something, right? 100%. And like, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about cannabis for the people. And like seeing people who are really, really passionate about it makes me feel really passionate yeah. about it. And like I'm a I'm a born and raised Yukoner. I was I was born in a house up in Takini East, and I lived here. My I I took a break for a while. I moved down to Alberta for about a year, but I came right back. It was I missed it too much. So and because I've lived here for so long, I'm so passionate about my community, and we really do deserve the same as can as the rest of Canada does. Yeah. And so when I was at Lyft, I saw so many so many gaps in our product selection. So I got really into it being yeah. like, what can you do for us? What can I do for you? How can we work together to better the industry in the Yukon? Well, and that, that was something that I noticed when I was, I, I wouldn't say I was in a managerial position, but I had a kind of the ability to help curate the menu, actually get my hands on the AGLC order sheet and make a list of products or just, okay, you have this amount of money, 10 grand this week, feel free, fill the order sheet with what you want. You'd go and I'd have a bunch of one box stuff and then I'd go and tick a couple of extra ones and get an extra box of something because I know that lot is going to be good. Yeah, no, right? for, yeah, yeah. And and it was just, we're not going to know if people are going to like it or not if we don't bring it in, especially when it's new companies, new products. And the issue with that is I had 
just this strong belief that, oh, there's only this much product on the market. And then I go and I spend a half hour looking at OCS. Yes. Yeah. I actually do a lot of my product sourcing yeah. uh, from OCS. Like I kind of just roll for a little while and I say, oh, Ontario gets this. Why don't we get this? Yeah. Well, and the <clears throat> Alberta is bad because we don't have the equivalent of the OCS anymore for you to be able to resource because we're the second biggest market in the product that's available. And the sales that are being good, put out there. Like, it's crazy the amount of product that gets moved through Alberta. Yeah, no, in Alberta, they, <laughs> when I went down to Alberta, they had a massive selection to every single cannabis store I went to. But at the same time, like, the, the industry down there is a little bit oversaturated. I yep. saw they were, there was a strip mall and there were two cannabis stores with one store in between them. Yep. There's, yeah, which, and, and that's, that's local legislation and whatnot that plays into a fact. Cause, like, I know, in Fort Saskatchewan, there's a spirit leaf and a locally owned cannabis shop that share a wall. They're side by side. But yeah, and like the spirit leaf provides this product and that company goes with everything else. And yeah, the spirit leaf gets hit with pre-rolls and then the other company gets everything else that they come and get purchased from, which if both are making sales and doing profit. I, and and that's the thing is I've I don't have an issue with a can of cabana fire and flower if they're providing a walmart style transaction where you come in you get the large big box product it's going to be the same range of thc same quality it's nothing super fancy you go and you get it you leave you want that quick transaction and see because like we're actually the only like locally owned and operated store in whitehorse we are we have three other chains in town uh so like we really focus on the craft stuff like i i do all the ordering and everything for the shop i'm the one who handles ylc and and receives everything and um yeah yeah so we really focus on like those craft micro growers even like it's always good to have value bud especially where we're located we're located really close to the emergency shelter so i always try to have things like if you only have 10 bucks there's gonna be something for you because i would rather people come in and buy a pre-roll than go down the street and go buy a tall boy at the off sales oh absolutely yeah and and realistically with with the affordable and the value product you can still curate quality value product out there. 100%. 100%. It's, it's difficult. Like realistically, quality value product is difficult in this market because that value range is totally oversaturated. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of taking over the market. And like a lot of, because so many small companies are getting brought up, like bought up by these larger companies, what used to be a really, really good product is now kind of falling by the wayside. They're the same price but they're a way lower quality. Well, and that's, I, and that's I that exactly it. And that, and the biggest thing is that it seems like everything's getting to that kind of Walmart grade where it's just, let's just push out mass and try to bring the value down so that we can move more because people are buying more purchased overall. But it's like, that's not really what we should be doing because that, at that point we're encouraging overconsumption because people are going to need to consume more to get the same quality of high. So at that point, is that a healthier push? Or should we be pushing higher quality cannabis that you can consume less of? And- I love selling, like whenever I'm on the sales floor, I love selling someone a budget eight and then a really high quality eight and just yeah. see the reactions between the two different ones. Like it's great to have quantity over quality, but I, I, I myself prefer quality over quantity. I would exactly. rather smoke one really good joint and have a great flavor and a great effect than smoke three subpar joints and be stoned. 
Exactly. And like the only exception to that is popcorn nugs versus AAA buttons. And it's because if it's off the same plant, I'd rather buy the quantity of the popcorn nugs because I'm going to be having more of that good quality cannabis to smoke. 100%. 100%. And that's one of the things that I wish more companies would do. I always yeah. think about when we're seeing these really, like, really, really high THC or like really, really large buds. I always wonder what happens to the other. Like, I know most of it gets uh, milled down into either pre rolls or it goes into those popcorn bags, but I'm seeing popcorn bags less and less on the market. Yeah. Like, well, especially and, up here. And, and br if you brand it as that, there's a market for it. Oh, like, 100%. Like Cookie Smalls and Gage Smalls on Mendo Medical is one of the fastest selling on there because of the price point. It's the same I'm actually on Mendo. Yeah. I'm actually on Mendo and I've tried both of those and they are they're actually exceptional. But how likely are you to spend the almost $40 on the three and a half when you can spend 70 for a seven? I mean... I'll go. I'll go for seventy for the seven. Nine Ex times out of ten. Exactly. And my and I'm sacrificing a potential two percent THC. Oh. Yeah. Oh I'll, no. I'll save the I'll save the money and go with the smalls because I'm getting more <laughs> butt out of it in my mind because there's less stem. No, hundred. Yeah, I actually hundred percent agree. <laughs> and there's a lot of these craft producers that could put out popcorn nugs and even just go exclusively to. Areas like you like like the Yukon that need a little bit more value and quality side by side. Yeah, because like being up in the Yukon again, I was I was raised here. I I know exactly how expensive it is to live in the Yukon. I I I pay. I live by myself. I pay my full rent. I grocery shop. I know exactly. And <laughs> even even shipping things up here, you want to get something from Amazon. Oof, you're gonna pay extra shipping on there. So I really want to pass on these savings to our customers because in the Yukon, we all are struggling. We are in a housing crisis. We're also in an opiate crisis and an opioid crisis. So I want to be bringing up like those good quality value buds and show people there's an alternative to being uncomfortable. Everyone in the winter, when it's dark, it's cold, there's nothing to do. People just go and drink. All they do is drink. And I would just much rather them smoke a joint. Yep. It's, and that's why I'm so excited to see how consumption lounges uh, progress. I was really excited Whoa. to hear about that at Lyft too. And like, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm, I'm sober as like uh, over two years now. And I just want a place where I can go hang out with my people and enjoy myself. Well, absolutely. And even now there's starting to be arguments and push towards just if the restaurant is allowed to, allowed to sell liquor, why can't they buy a box of cannabis drinks and have them on option? It's a, it's a can that comes out and it, it's it's delivered no different than a Guinness for most restaurants because they're not going to have it on tap. They <laughs> buy it on in bulk cans and they bring you the can in a glass. And see, that'd be a great option. I like to see live music and I, like my buddies will always have a beer or so and I'll just be popping out every now and then to smoke a joint. But I would love to consume a cannabis beverage. I bring cannabis beverages to almost every barbecue and family dinner I have to go to. Oh, me, I, I always have like the green monkeys for me are my favorite ones for like evening use because it's a little bit more CBD dominant. Mm -hmm. And I always find that it's just pain relief, thorough sleep relief. It's it's a big benefit for me. So I always have them on hand in the fridge. But there's a bunch of really good cannabis beverages that give you that little bit of a buzz that two beers on a hot day can give you. But yeah, I agree. It's you can feel a lot clear headed. 
You don't feel like you're losing control if you have too many of them. You just kind of want to sit down, relax, and listen to the conversation and not take part. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, no. it's it's yeah, mellow. It's, it's good that you, like, brought up beverages because that's something we've been really struggling with up here. I think beverages are a great alternative for people for, like, a high edible tolerance. Mm-hmm. I have a high edible tolerance, and the beverages affect me much better than the edibles do. But with uh with all the discontinuations of our SKUs, we only have one beverage supplier and I can't find any other ones who are willing to ship up here. So this kind of ties into like some of our shipping issues. I've been working for about a year, I want to say a little bit more than that, uh, to try to find new beverages for our for our shop because we don't have we don't have the green monkeys. I had the pleasure of trying them when I was down in Vancouver and they were amazing. Same with companies like uh, Sweet Justice or Bub- or yep. Bubble Kush. Those kind of things are are really lacking up here, and it just makes it more inaccessible for people. When they when you're stuck with the same, not so great tasting options, or even we had a dry spell where we had no beverages in the middle of summer for eight weeks. In the middle of summer, and I'm in a tourist town. We're right next door to a hotel. Yeah. This is the prime time to be selling product, and I don't. And we go through a significant amount of beverages. A couple of weeks ago, we got a big beverage order into the YLC, and I I brought that. I had to bring in. I brought in over 1500 units of beverages to store all yep. that I carried that by the way, by hand downstairs. Yeah. Like I I've been through Whitehorse once in like during kind of late summer, late August. It's busy. It's bopping. It, it, it's, it it's is the place it, to be. It is very busy. And it is, and it's usually the last big stock up for anybody that's going to go any further North. Mm-hmm. for any sort of trips because that's exactly what we did or it's the stopping point for people to go and do the hot trip up to the hot springs and come back because yes yeah it's it's what an hour from those natural hot springs north um like the natural hot springs are actually about uh i want to say about seven hours uh outside of whitehorse but we do have like the we do have like the tahini hot springs which is about yeah. a half hour Half okay, hour. so the t- yeah, the tahini ones are the ones that I'm thinking of, the half hour ones. Actually, that's uh, a five minute drive away from my family farm. I go there all the time. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'm yeah, just like, they... hey mom, I'm gonna come over and then I just drop my stuff and go to the hot springs. That's not a bad way to get relaxed before you go and spend time with your parents. And sometimes you need yeah, that right? free relaxation, right? Exactly. Just go in and get all blissed out, but yeah, like the it's a it's a great even in the even in like the winter seasons. January and February on record has been some of the slowest times for not even cannabis, but for retailers in general. People have their New Year's resolutions. They're trying to cut back on spending after the holidays. We've broke records this January. Like it's our best. uh, We're in our fourth year now. We were the very first. Just we were the very first to open. Our license number is actually zero 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 one. Awesome. Yeah, first license in the north. First to open. It was really great. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I kind of forgot where I was going with that. I got distracted. Well, we were, we were getting into the the shipping and getting the drink because you you were saying there's only the one drink skew available right there, and you wanted to expand well, out one on L- that. one LP. So one we LP, have a few yeah, different options. But like, so before the fluent facility shut down, we had I think twelve skews from them. I want to say, and then we also had another company that offered three skews for on the THC side, and now we just have six skews from our one supplier. And there's no there's no CBD like there is a CBD and THC balance, but it's a two yeah. and two. Not, not like the Green Monkeys where it's a three and six. That would be yeah. absolutely perfect. Oh. Well, and 
And that's that's where I was actually going to build off of where you were going with like you guys breaking records in this January. It seems like the first two years for sure. That third year, there was that tra- starting to be that transition of more of a health conscience, health conscious consumption of cannabis. So people are bringing their THC down, but they're increasing the topicals, the lotions, the oils, the capsules. They're going. Maybe I should stop smoking and maybe I should just use capsules to help me go to sleep. Or when I'm really in pain, I come and get a dab, uh, like a vape cart or something along those lines. I That last year that I was involved, I'm seeing that transition of more of a health conscious consumption that it can be not a cold turkey I need to stop, but let's use this to be better in what we're doing. And that yeah. I think is even more so this year. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like here at Triple J's, we focus a lot on educating not only our staff, but our, also our consumers. Like my staff, when they first start, I, uh, I use a program called Spiffy for training, and they have over 300 modules to complete in two months. And thankfully, they're not all very long. I've built most of them, or like they're from the Spiffy platform. But giving our staff that education also helps us educate our consumers. If we have someone who's coming in every single day asking for the absolute highest THC and saying it doesn't affect them anymore, maybe it's time to have a conversation around terpenes. Yep. Yeah. Or just the cannabinoid profile in whole. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just like kind of explaining it a little bit more. And the more we educate our consumers, the more we're seeing there, as you say, going towards the wellness side of things, being like, well, maybe instead of eating all of these packs of gummies, I'll just take an oil, like a sublingual oil. I'm also very excited that things like uh, transdermal patches are coming on the market yeah. now because like those things that are were strictly used for medical are now kind of merging onto the recreational side. And if you've ever worked in a rec shop, then you know for a fact that people do use your product medically, even though you can't speak for it. Yeah. And that like Alberta's was lucky because we have Atlas that had that transdermal patch. So it's been on that's exactly who I got our from. brand for ooh, I want to say over a year, about a year and a half, we had access to it in Alberta. And say same with the suppositories from Prairie Grass. And so I was able to talk my way around it because I do have some past medical knowledge. So I was able to kind of say the general effects of something without saying this is how it's going to go after you. It's just here, I'm going to pull up this information and then I'm going to read you the general information. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not stating anything. I'm, I'm reading this information that is provided from a medical. They can make the decision on whether they use that as, and it was always, there's ways to provide that information. You just need to look for a resource to be able to provide that information. We actually have a whole section about that that I wrote in our manual, our policies and procedures, how to actually talk to customers without breaking the rules. It's like the, the rules make sense. You shouldn't be able to just fly off the handle going, yeah, this is going to help you with pain. This is going to help if- your arthritis. This is going to cure your IBS. This is going to cure your anxiety. Saying that is just like a, it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe it, dream. Exactly. But going and pulling up an article that shows use of THC and CBD in a transdermal or a lotion increases the circulation flow, which helps also increase natural pain relievers and anti-inflammatory properties in your body. And that has result in relief of some arthritic pain. Mm -hmm. You're not saying it's going to fix it. You're saying that some people have found that it helps and this is how it helps. Here's here's the form that says it. 
<laughs> yeah, because it's not going to affect everyone the same. But as long no. as we can give them the tools to at least start, like, start looking what they're like, start looking for what they need. It starts the conversation. Well, and that was if, actually the whole premise of opening up the Oasis space was to get people who are more focused around wellness into that space so they can actually talk about like what cannabis can do for them. Well, exactly. And the the people who are consuming cannabis on a wellness side without that desire to feel a high need a different type of guide than somebody who consumes just purely flour for the sake of enjoying the high and needing that more of a release effect. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's like, a different style consumer. And I actually sourced out uh, a client care specialist who used to work for a different medical company. He wanted to move up to the Yukon. I saw him on LinkedIn and I snatched him up here. And now he's my, he's my Oasis manager. And, and he's doing amazing because he has like that medical huge. knowledge and he exactly, he knows the, he knows the legislation, he knows the restrictions and he can actually talk about his experience working in the medical field without having to worry. Well, and the nice thing is, is that somebody like that would have the resources already to be able to open up the book and go here, let it, let's explain how the endocannabinoid system works here. Now, this product does this. We're not saying it's going to do this with the endocannabinoid system, but we're telling you how the system works. And then we're telling you how the product works. You're an adult. Yeah, you can, you can make that connection yourself. We're making it without directly saying it. And that's, yeah. that's how we work around the regulations. You've got to have the information on both sides. Exactly. Because certain people, I think, should be allowed to speak to, to other things. But if a bud tender with no, if, if a person just becomes a bud tender with no experience and is starting to tell me about how this is going to help my shoulder or how this is going to help my anxiety, I'm not going to listen to them and they'll say I have stuff to back it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the one thing I noticed is I had to, it was funny, the longer I was in there, the less I had to prove what I was saying, the less they needed the actual mm-hmm. link, the less, well, because I've provided 50 plus links to some of these customers where they've gone and done the research, come back and have either checked me or have went, you were more right than you could have. Like you, the, your basic explanation covered everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no. yeah, be, I, I take the time to understand this because it affects me because I utilize this as a medicinal plant. So I'm looking for me. And then immediately I want to help negate you buying a product that's going to prevent you from coming back to this store. I want, I essentially want that lemon experience to not exist in the industry. No, I a hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree. Right. Like but, there's, uh, there's times where you can get a product that doesn't work for you. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm talking a bad bud tender guided experience. Yeah, no. And that's, that's, because we're seeing like as this industry grows we're seeing more and more people go to it but like the more and more we see people go to it realistically the bar c exam that most provinces require i think all provinces require it um isn't really doesn't have the knowledge to really give people the tools to work in an industry like this which is why we focus so much on education we have other retailers in town like the customers come from that location over into here and say i just had the worst experience they told me this i don't know what to do and we're like whoa First of all, that's all lies, and we got you. We can help you. And that's that, what we're really known for here. Even my my, my other CEO, because the, the founders are Jordy and Jeremy Jones. They're the CEOs. Uh, Jeremy has over 30 certifications in medical cannabis, and because he has a separate office, which is where I'm sitting right now, uh, he can actually provide closed-door consultations without the confines of the legislation. He can tell them, it's like, I have all this experience. I have over 30 certifications. Uh, he's not a doctor. He can't prescribe cannabis, but there are doctors in town who do direct their clients to Jeremy to talk more about how they can help them. Well, and 
real realistically in my mind the way that the medical system should work is the doctors know the family of drugs that should be prescribed for this diagnosis who who in the medical field went to school for the prescription and the actual um medicinal properties that are being put out there well the pharmacists so they're the ones that should be probably talking about the drugs they know it more yeah. in depth they've gone to school they have all the resources around it now when it comes to cannabis it should be the same thing i 100% agree i 100% agree. you should be prescribed okay the cat the cannabis plant has an opportunity to provide aid for you now let's create that connection with somebody who can then guide you to okay you need to go and talk to this person because you're going to go and do the smoking route because you need that immediate effect Oh, mm -hmm. no, you're going to talk to this person because they can provide a blended effect of oils and smoke when you need that immediate effect. Or you can be more of that holistic, non-inhalation consumption. We're going to go send you to this person. No, I, I love that. And like we're only, what, we're four years in now. I just can't wait to see how it grows and changes. I'm so lucky that I got to kind of get into this. I wish I had gotten into it right when the doors opened, but I'm really glad that I came when I did or else I was, wouldn't be given the same opportunities that I have been in these last last two years. But yeah, I'm just, I'm super excited to see how the industry changes and how we can change as retailers to better. Cause well, like everything's, everything's about the people. If, if people weren't consuming, we wouldn't be doing anything because I just, I just want to make sure everyone is happy and high, or if they don't want to be high, they're not high, but at least they're relaxed. Exactly. The, the, the end result of the, to me, the cannabis industry is having people understand the benefits that cannabis can provide. Yeah, 100%. Whether you choose to use it or not, that's your preference and your choice. But can we at least acknowledge that proper use has benefits to, and it'll depend, the benefits depend on who the individual are, but there are benefits for everyone to be able to reap from cannabis in some way, shape, my, or form. My mom, who has never been a cannabis user, she's been super straight edge. I have her I have her on CBD all the time and she, yeah. she's found it's helped her so much. She doesn't like to be impaired at all, but she loves she loves her CBD because it just helps her. Well, it's it was the same way. My mom was very much anti and now it's at the point where she's post shoulder surgery. Last night we were out for dinner and she just kind of taps and she's like, "Oh, the gummy finally kicked in." She had a 10 milligram <laughs> gummy before we went out to dinner. And you could just, I could just tell she stopped fidgeting. She got comfortable and she just sat down and was able to enjoy the conversation. Not yeah. high at all, but the pain was present. So she still took care of that shoulder, made sure it was rested, made sure she held it so that she wouldn't hurt it. But she wasn't agitated to where you're moving and adjusting. It's like that, that right there is what cannabis medicinal benefit is. That's what it is. 100%. And that's what we're kind of striving for, just like the comfort and care for everybody. Yeah. Well, and it, and but, there's at that point, there's no real restrictions for her enjoying the dinner, enjoying being around everyone, enjoying the conversation. And you don't have that kind of medicinal, um, like pharmaceutical medicinal drag onto it because any painkillers or anything that's it's like a drag well, on your 
hundred percent. Like, well, you mentioned the shoulder surgery and that's kind of actually funny because you're preaching to the choir here. I had my rotator cuff rebuilt. So I got, I got four screws, a mesh implant, a tendon transfer and a bone graft in my right shoulder. <laughs> so when, and I'm also like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a recovered addict. So I was like an opiate and a stimulant addict for a very long time. I told the, the doctor that. And the first thing he gave me when I got out of surgery was hydromorphine. They gave a water soluble morphine to uh, someone who was uh, like, I was, I was still using at that point. I was struggling and I was trying to get out of it. And they just was like, oh, you're struggling with addiction. Here, take this hydromorphine or hydromorphone. I, I used, I used it all very too quick, like very fast. And all of a sudden I had no relief. And the, what, the, what I turned to was cannabis because the opiates were just making me feel shittier. It was reminding me of why I was trying to get clean in the first place. And all of a sudden the cannabis would kick in and I'd be sitting there with my shoulder kind of propped up on a pillow. And I would just feel my spine and my body just relax when it kicked in. I, I wasn't like, you know, the side effects of, of, um, of opiates like I wasn't constipated I wasn't sweating I wasn't like fidgety I wasn't I wasn't wired like I normally was and having these having these um options is really important I don't know why the hell my my surgeon prescribed me the hydromorphone when I was I was having just as much luck with cannabis and of course it was very high doses of THC but like they cut my bones apart I felt great well and and uh, there's there's just so much I could dive into there because I'm past yeah, EMS yeah. and healthcare. So I like, I am honestly jaded when it comes to the healthcare system. I know. Oh, I dude, same, same. Oh, I actually, like, yeah. it's, it's bad jaded because I've, I've seen the other side of that, right? Like I've been the guy, I EMS bringing the ones in for the surgery, passing that information on and seeing what information they deem important and what information is just not, that's going to make my job harder. Is it going to kill the patient? No. Okay. And, and I'm like, that's a horrible what? way to do a system. To what? A system. <laughs> and it just, it just scared me, honestly. And it, it was, it again, I, I shouldn't say that's everybody, but it was enough of an experience that I, it makes me concerned. Yeah, no. And like, I get concerned every day. Like one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this industry, like when I got clean, I had to leave so many of my friends behind. And unfortunately, I've lost a lot of those friends, and especially in this past year. Um, and I really wish that if they had the tools and the knowledge that I had, that maybe they could get out of it a bit sooner and they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have passed, right? They wouldn't, they wouldn't yeah. be gone. They could, what if, yeah, like I actually use cannabis to get clean. I had a, I had a straight pipe and uh, I bought, I just got a new one. I put my Brillo in it like I normally do. And instead of putting like rock in there, I would put shatter. And I would just smoke it yeah. until I passed out. And I just did that because you get the motion of bringing it to your mouth yeah. and you lit it. And then you were, you were just, we weren't high. You were just stoned. You wanted to go to sleep afterwards. And that's how my best friend got clean. That's how my other friend who I used to live with got clean. And I'm so glad those people kind of followed, followed me and took my advice because there were so many people I wish had taken my advice. But that's why I'm always here, just like spreading the knowledge that I have. And even people I don't want to necessarily be around because they may be a negative impact. I will always take five minutes of their uh, five minutes of my time and explain to them that I really think this could help you. Like I feel your pain and this can help you. Well, like on my, my side, I would, I would have just as, just as drastic of a change in my lifestyle in like, I, I lost half of my body weight after starting to consume cannabis. Like I was over 500 pounds at one point in time. And really, yeah well, congratulations that's <laughs> right like it, it's 
and it's a, a different style of of a battle than yours and and it's one of those things where the amount of people who start consuming cannabis late either later in life or they consume it as not the primary source of relief for like pain because if they're consuming cannabis after they've been a heavy user of alcohol or a user of other um, drugs or anything along those lines, it seems like cannabis is a great method to like just heighten their life and kind of create that change. Right. Like it, it almost becomes that opportunity to affect change and just start making that turn and using well, that as a, as a, as a gateway and a stepway. And because honestly, after my injury in my back, I didn't know that I was ever like, I thought I was just going to be like in pain, heavy, started using cannabis. I went, eh, maybe I have some more control over my life than I think I do. Maybe if I start small start and it just made it made me think more realistic, more in the moment. And then I made that turn. Right. And just yeah, like you using it to go to sleep instead of like, it's making that turn. Yeah. And like we're, we're seeing it all the time, even like one of my favorite regulars, Rosie, she uh, she doesn't drink and she actually buys she'll buy a couple 10 packs and she will go around and she'll give them to people who look who, who are intoxicated or who are drunk outside. She always comes in super bubbly, like, oh, yeah, just getting the pre-rolls for the by drunk folks. And oh, it's, it's she's she's so lovely and kind of seeing her like try to change her community really just impacts us like i i always give her i always give her a small discount i'm like you're gonna walk around town and give these joints to people who need it you can you can get it you can get a discount well exactly and if and if you're gonna seek relief i would rather be in cannabis where it's that more it's gonna make you think more into yourself and if you need that kind of internal thought to process what's going on or if you need that escapism it gives you the escapism right like it, it's really nice where when you need one it provides one and when you need the other it provides the other mm-hmm. it, so it really very, is amazing very it helpful really amazing plant that way it really is it really is it's, it's magic it's magic I, I can't wait i can't believe it took them this long to le- legalize it <laughs> but you know with legalization comes more sciences more innovation and uh yeah no i just i can't wait to see more of it Oh, I, I can't wait to see more of it too, right? Um, when it comes to <clears throat> like product in the Yukon, what is like outside of beverages at this point, what are the biggest gaps you have right now? I'm for- seeing more and more. So we see a lot of gaps. A lot of it is just inventory and supply issues. So like for starters, one of my least favorite things is because we're in the Yukon, people think that they can just send us the bottom of the barrel oldest stuff. I received flour that was packaged in November, uh, November, 2021 recently. Jesus. Like it's, and like dummies all the time, they'll be like packaged in like 2020 and they're going to be dry. They're going to be crumbly and there's no expiration date on cannabis. So I have no, I have no ability to return this. And like our YLC inventory sheet, because we are a smaller jurisdiction, it doesn't, it's not the same as the AGL or the, yeah, uh, where they have like all the, like the package on dates and the T the current THC lot and all that. I just have, I have a SKU, I have a name, I have a UPC and how many is in inventory. And I just got to, I got to shoot my shot and hope I get something good. But so like with all the discontinuations that are happening, people are forgetting about the Yukon. 
people are like, okay, well, all of this stuff is now out of production. So a company that would have offered us maybe 50 products, 50 SKUs beforehand, they're maybe offering us two now because those are the only two products in production and they're not sending any more up here. And we're seeing that like right now for seven grams of flour, I have four options, four options to bring into my shop, four SKUs. Like I, I did get the, like the last of the cases. So I think it was about eight options. And then I, I picked what was, what was worth actually getting. And I brought that into the shop. Now we're seeing the same thing with 14, 15 grams. We're getting under 10 options, less than 10 SKUs. Ounces are the same thing. Like we're, we're seeing less and less. And a part of that is because of the, like the Yukon Liquor Corp is incredibly overwhelmed. They have the same two per, they, they have the same number of people doing purchasing as they did back when we only had seven LPs in Yukon. Now we're doing a lot better. Like we have, I think between, I want to say, I want to say like over 20 for sure, maybe even 30, but it's still those two same people and they can't manage the inventory. No. Another thing is THC oils. For something that seems very, very, very basic to me, we have three SKUs available for THC oils and it's very rare they're all available at the same time. One of them recently got discontinued. So I don't know, like there's a couple left, like I got the last, the last of them and I don't know if they're going to come back again. So this very simple product that many of my consumers use for wellness, as we were just talking about, are unable to get their medication anymore. We're steering them more towards gummies, which caught, which cost more. I'm really glad that companies uh, like, like Edison are doing the jolts because we have also, we also have no THC capsules. There's only two SKUs available for those. And those are all out too. So thankfully, like where we have the jolts and we can be like, Hey, this isn't the same, but it will, it's still, this might, this might be able to help you. It's different, but it might be able to help you. So oils, capsules, just regular flour. We, we have a lot of like budget stuff, but craft grown. That's what I was seeking out at Lyft. That's, I was so excited to see so many craft grown people there. Cause I'm like, we really need good quality products. People are really sick of getting two-year-old product and paying the exact same cost for it. No one wants to buy a $60 bag. Uh, like a sixty dollar three and a half that was packaged two years ago. No, no, and so that's, we got like that's insane. I, we also right before Christmas, our uh, like the the YLC ran out of all their concentrates. We were on like the bottom of the barrel, getting like the last of the super duper expensive concentrates. We just got our shipment last week, so we had no shatter, no resin, no rosin, no wax, no butter. We had hash and keef. Jeez, that was it. So, and so I'm not too sure if like, I'm in very close communication with a lot of my LPs, anyone who can, anyone who is willing to communicate with me, I communicate with because I feel like it helps us as a retailer and it also helps them. I'm always willing to provide them sales data. I'm willing to provide them like current inventory levels, like telling them what I need. But at the end of the day, if they don't have supply, like if they're focusing more on their large jurisdictions like BC, Alberta, the OCS, we're going to get forgotten about and we're not going to get anything. And my consumers are going to are going to suffer from that. Yeah, it's And it's and it's going to put you as a space into a very rough position, because if all you have is the bottom of the barrel product, your consumers are going to go back to a legacy market the ones that are going to be your regular heavy consumers and the people who don't consume regularly might just go back to their old vices. How are we going to, how are we going to like, how are we going to get rid of the black and the gray market? If the recreational, if the recreational market can't support the needs of our customers, like this is why people are turning. If they can get 
and also like not even talking about like all the taxation that like the territories and provinces put on everything but if they can get consistent product online they're going to do that versus coming into a retail space because everything they buy is a little bit overpriced and very very old I am very happy certain LPs uh, or like certain brands are kind of figuring out that the reason why their product isn't moving is because it's so old. So they are doing some price reductions, but at the same time, like saving five bucks on a really old product, isn't going to really do you much good. No, no, absolutely not. And like the one, because I know at, again, this is beginning of legalization year one, year two, we had a little bit of that issue with AJLC. So the way the companies worked around it was, Here's the fresh SKUs we put out. Here's what you should be getting. And if we didn't get those, we ask some questions. And see, I do the same thing. I say, can you please send me your portfolio so I can so I can compare it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and, and working together helps us like kind of get the stock, which is also one of the reasons why I've I've been getting really upset about certain like certain companies have been, been absorbed by other companies and they're laying off all their sales staff. And then once they become part of this large company, I can't get a hold of them anymore. There are certain massive LPs that we've had since day freaking one, one of the first LPs. I can't get a hold of anybody. I've tried yeah, like their info at line. I've tried LinkedIn multiple times. I, I have this really annoying method where I just go to the company and then I message like 40 people on their people <laughs> list. Just find and, somebody that's willing to talk. Yeah. Just like a sales associate, like even like this, I'll even message CEOs and stuff like that and be like, Hey, I'm trying to carry your product and I can't get a hold of it. Or I'm trying to like expand your product selection and I can't get a hold of anyone. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but yeah, like the aged inventory, people's thinking that because we live up here, we don't like nice things. We really like nice things. In fact, I think we like nice things more because we're stuck inside most of the time in the winter. <laughs> Like when you're only getting five or six hours of daylight, sometimes yeah. all you want to do is go home and open up your jar and see a really, really nice bud. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, and that's the other thing is you're, you're going to a different style of customer in the Yukon than you would be in Calgary or Edmonton Easily. or Vancouver. Like it's a totally different style of consumer. Back when I was, Back when I was young, when I first started smoking pot, I'm not going to say when because that's probably not a good thing. We had two <laughs> options up here. Well, at least for me, I get, I think other people might have been able to get better stuff. We had hash. So I have a lot of like crazy hash fanatics. Like it has to be a good black hash. Pressed hash does not sell up here no matter what we do. Or pressed bricks. So I would go to my, I would go to my guy. He would bring out this <laughs> giant brick of pressed wheat and he'd pull out this special bread knife and be like, how much you want? You want this you want this and then he would saw it off and pop it in a bag for me so because we we dealt with that for so long like once i got a bit older i started finding like actual flour i had a guy i worked at worked at tim hortons and would sell me butt out of in like a tim hortons cup it was great <laughs> it's awesome it was a great sales method but um because we were dealt that kind of hand for so long people want that quality they're like i'm yeah. not buying like this brick that was shoved underneath someone's car to get from Alaska to here or I guess not usually from Alaska it was usually <laughs> most of our pot came from the Sunshine Coast yeah yeah but it was always pressed it was always pressed up here oh I can imagine and I like I didn't have too much exposure to the the black market before like I have a lot a lot of mine is online ordering like that was a lot of my first exposure and it was just because I started consuming and I knew that I was going to be prescription. So I just, I got my prescription and just went into the medicinal market right away because I saw that, okay, legalization is likely to come this October. 
let's wait, let's watch. And then it just, it came, I went full bore into the legalization side and I've been dedicated since learning about the medicinal, yeah, but trying to educate the, the rec side. But that quality side is, I don't, anybody who's smoking bud and has been smoking bud for a while knows what quality is. 100%. So and why you know, we're cutting you guys out? It doesn't, it really doesn't make any sense. Like, especially if you look at like the stat, I think it was stat can that put out this, yeah. uh, this report last year per capita, the Yukon's actually number two for cannabis users in the country. Yeah. It's PEI first. And then it's us. So like these smaller jurisdictions, even though we're small, we consume an insane amount of cannabis. And I think a lot of that is one, the tourist season in the summer, we have a lot of people coming from over from Alaska and they're where it's, it's, it's legal, but you can't, we don't have, you don't have the same selection yeah. as you do, like, as you do when you come into our shop. So we, we see all of that. We see all the out of towners. Like it's, it's a really, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's and a really good up here. So it, it really confuses me when, like when I was, when I was younger, when I was smoking the press bricks and stuff like that, I was just in the mindset, if it green, it good. I don't, I don't <laughs> really care. I don't really care. And then I met my, my first, uh, my first medical user and he introduced me to actually my very first love with Jack was Jack Herrera. He introduced nice. me to Jack Herrera. And from the effect I got from that, I was like, okay, so it's not just about, it's not just about the, the flower. It's that, well, actually it is about the flower, yeah. but it's not just like, this is weed. It's like, this is Jack Herrera. This makes me feel really good. And that day I signed up for my very first medical site and I've been prescription ever since, which was probably about almost five, six years ago. Well, and it, it's just one of those things where all you need is one person to take the time and showcase the appreciation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you need to understand that there's, when you're smoking this, it's not the green portion of the flower that's getting you high. You see that little crystal on the end? It looks like a little yeah. mushroom cap. So that little bubble up top, that's the magic. That's I remember all the first time I saw that get... in, a, in a zoomed up camera, and I was just like, that's on my that's on my flower? Yeah. What? Well, and then somebody goes, that's what it is. That's the magic right there. That's all we're looking for. All this work <laughs> is to get that in here. And then yeah. if you if that excites you. You're, you're in you're hooked right like it's hard not like for me just talking about it, i get excited about it right it's because it's such a cool experience that that one little log across the entirety of the plant the multitude of them across the entirety of the plant is what provides these amazing experience medicinal benefits huge relief for some people <laughs> like yeah no it's it's absolutely amazing it's yeah and then especially yeah. when like you with the Jack Herrera, that unique terpene profile that gave you a, a specific effect where you're like, oh, I can experience this and feel high. It's, it was amazing. I was yeah. just like, what did you give me? Well, and, and that's and that's usually what it is. It's either like somebody's just explored that genetic where it's like, hey, this is kind of what you're going to feel here. Try it out. And then you feel that exact thing or you feel similar to it. And you're like, there's there's more to it than just getting high. Like, there's some science to this. We that can enjoy this. <laughs> the light turns on. Yeah, that very cartoonish light bulb. Like, yeah. oh. Well, exactly. And then once you start diving in, it's very much, it's very much a, a wormhole. Once you start, it's hard to stop. <laughs> 
Oh, I know. Like when I when I first started here, I was like, oh, I know so much about pot. I've been I've been like a medical user for so long. And then I really started getting into like the nitty gritty science to like doing that self-education, like getting those certifications in the sciences. You realize this is astounding. Well, and and no matter how much you learn, you realize how little, you know, like that's every and right? I've learned that right? with so many different subjects, but especially cannabis. It is ridiculous how true that fact is. Yeah, and like every it, it, day, as I you say, it's a wormhole. You just go, you just keep on going, and you like it's like it, the rabbit hole, right? You just yeah. keep on going. You're like, oh, I could learn more. Oh, I can learn more. The deeper you go, the bigger the world becomes. Yeah, <laughs> the smaller you are in that world, you're like, oh, right. Like the amount, the amount of people who don't understand that there's more than just THC, because that's, yes, that's that's like stage thing. one. Then it's like, I have well, a person, it's more than just THC and CBD. <laughs> I have a person who I, I was uh I was at my desk, which is kind of behind the sales, the like the, behind the dispensing wall. I can always hear what's going on in the sales <laughs> floor. And this customer uh, was upset that there was CBD in his THC vape cart. He wanted a refund because there was 0.6 milligram of THC or sorry, of CBD in his vape cart. And I, I, I left my desk and I came out and I talked to him and it was just like, you do know that this actually, in fact, would elevate your experience versus anything. Like, so it's just, again, it comes down to the educational factor. Well, and it's, and it, it's also asking the questions to be able to learn how to educate the consumer, right? Mm -hmm. Wording your questions a certain way to where they ask that question, or you can get that comment triggered before, right? Where it's like, are you wanting something with a little bit more THC in it, or you want something with some CBD? And if he goes, well, I don't want any seat, and you can do that education beforehand, that's a win, right? Versus just saying, I want something with high THC, buys it, walks out, reads yeah. the label. Oh, there's CBD in here. I don't want CBD. It's 0 0.06. 0 0.06. You're fine. Yeah. You'll be okay. Go and buy a two to one, and you'll realize that it lasts twice as long. Right. I'm a huge CBD. I actually, we do a little newsletter. Uh, I think we do it quarterly and I, I write little articles. I did a great little article about how to smoke all day without, without taking that 2 PM nap and my CBD, CBD flower. Yeah. If I want to smoke something like if, and I'm also not like a huge THC smoker. Like I don't, if I'm going to smoke something over 30%, I'm going to mix it with some CBD because it's going to make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Well, and that's, and that's, that's where that, experimenting and finding your personal preference is perfect but a lot of people don't understand that incorporating cbd into your consumption rotation even if it's just using cbd oil in the morning and then having that um as a baseline throughout your day and then when you consume thc you're elevating that experience they're sister compounds they work better together than they do apart if you allow exactly. the thc yeah. to do what the thc does because it connects to certain portions of the receptor better CBD connects to other portions of the receptor better. Instead of having a high THC spike and a hard crash, it's going to be a little bit more of a mellow mound. That mid-range is going to last longer. It may not have as high of a peak, but it's going to last longer and it's going to be more enjoyable. And when it comes down, you're not going to have that super low crash or dip. You're going to have that little, eh, should I smoke to get that re-up and just lift you up again? You may need a, a coffee or something warm, something to kind of spark you up a little bit, but it doesn't want to put you to sleep. You just mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I hundred percent get there. Like, splash some water in your face or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, oh, let's just go outside and walk. Like, just go and get a little bl- blood flowing, right? It's it's just more balanced and enjoyable. It's also yeah, longer no, I, lasting overall. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite straight. That's actually one of the reasons why I split my medical between two different sites because one of my medical sites has like the best two to one. Uh, CBD flower and I've been, I've been smoking it for for about two years since I signed with them and uh, I haven't gone I, I've switched it up a little bit but yeah. I stick to the main one usually well and and that's the thing is once you find a certain cannabinoid profile that just does exactly what you want it to and there's some people who need that THC CBD balance some people need that CBG involved THCV I'm a huge like advocate for CBG it really oh. helps. Like I, like I find that CBD helps me manage my ADHD a lot better. And CBG just kind of gives me a little, cause we were actually very behind in the times I was seeing a lot of CBG and CBN and other minor cannabinoid uh, products sound in the provinces took us a very long time to get on the bandwagon. We just got it end of last year. I tried CBG for the first time and I was like, Whoa, I can do, <laughs> I can work for like an hour and a half straight without getting distracted. That's amazing. I've never been able to do that before. Like it, it's crazy because it just it's that precursor, right? Like it's crazy how again very similar experience. Whenever I I've got some CBG isolate actually some bubble hash that oh, I do you really yeah. So it's um who's okay, it? By? That sounds amazing. I'm also a hash fan and CBG fan. So uh, so fun? it's a it's Grow Town. So it's CBGA bubble hash. So it's like it's powdered. So it'll be more like a keef. But yeah, bubble hash is, is still amazing. It it you throw it on top of a bowl. What was the what was the company nice. name again? What was so that's gonna down? be Rotown. Rotown, Rotown. I'm gonna add yeah. that to my my product sourcing list. So it came in at 36.6 for the total CBG and less than one percent on everything else. That's so amazing. it is a it is a pure CBG product and. And see, getting those kind of really niche products, I understand how a lot of companies, like they, of course, we don't have the same volume as other, re- well, see, and this is where, this is where I get a little finicky, right? Because on a slow day, we'll see about 120 people come through the store, but on a busy day, we're over 200. So in my mind, that seems really busy compared to other retailers that I've talked to in Alberta or BC, because I, I go in and I'm a very chatty person. I'll always go in and chat with them about like, what do you guys see? What are your struggles here? And so people think that we can't move product. And even though those niche products are a little bit harder to move, there is a market for them. And we deserve the same kind of cannabis as the rest of Canada. Well, you guys may be buying that lot four times a year for the for the Yukon territory versus six or eight times a year for Alberta and Ontario. But it's because you've got a dozen consumers just because your populace is a little bit lower. Doesn't mean that those dozen consumers shouldn't have access to that product. I absolutely agree. I 100% agree. Right? Yeah. Like, and, and especially with these niche products, I'd almost say that you guys would have a higher rate per customer turnover of these products than I did at my shop in, because I had to know a little bit about everything. Like bath bombs, topicals, lotion, like everything, because we sold everything. And that's, it's just the community that we have here and the, the population that we serve. We had to have a little bit of everything and you need to be able to talk about a little bit of everything. Yeah. And that's, sure. we, yeah, we do that too. But like we do, 
we do separate the Oasis space, but all yeah. of my staff have the same kind of knowledge. Uh, me, I'm a very, I'm a very, um, I'm gonna say flexible person. Uh, when we were going through some staffing changes, I made a point of taking, of being like, oh no, I'll take that shift. Oh, I'll take that shift, so I could learn more about that product category and expand my knowledge a bit more. And it's also the benefit of having this training program like Spiffy. I highly recommend to all of my retailer friends and even like my manager, like my other manager friends I talk to from down south, to use a training platform like this. Because you can make your own, you can make your own modules, and then your staff get better educated, and they're, they're they can talk about the bath bombs, and they can talk about the lotions. Because there are so many myths about it being like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put this in my bath, and then I'm gonna get super high. Yep. Well, and and that style of education is half of the battle. One thing I'm starting to find now, and as this is especially, and I'm trying to do this as much as I can right now before I get to the point of being recognizable just by going into the dispensaries, but I'm going in and almost playing a little bit dumb and I'm asking basic questions to see what, what the reaction are from the bud tender. Cause I'm looking for certain responses. And I think if certain, if dispensaries really want to stand out, they need to have a better approach to how they um, come to their customers. Like they should have what, what I always had was a skeleton of an approach. The first five questions were the same five questions with every single customer. How I worded them would vary for the product that they have. And that's just, I, I had the experience. I had the product knowledge that I was able to adapt it. I was, I'm, I'll am i acknowledge the fact that I was skilled in that ability. But I also started when I only had to focus about THC oils, flour, and pre-rolls. It's easy to develop those three. And then when, when the 510 comes in, I'm adding one thing. And then the edibles. And then it was an easy progression for me. Someone starting now doesn't have that same benefit. They've no, got to start all of the product. It's very but overwhelming for sure. If you've got five questions that you can start with and they may sound a little strange using the, the, the first one you learn, which say is flour, because that's what your store sells the most of. Well, what, what do you like for flavor? Well, yeah, that may sound a little weird when you're talking about oils. Yeah, but it, but it, hey, does it does matter. It, it does relate. Do you want 100%. to taste? Do you want to taste the cannabis oil or not? Do you need something that's going to cover the taste of it? Or do you yeah. just not want to taste it at all? Well, if you don't want to taste it at all, well, maybe we should look at the gummies versus the oils. Or maybe we should look at capsules versus the oils. Having that framework and those basic five questions that at least it's like, okay, well, these are 10 products that I can then talk about because they fall within this or they hit three of the four checks, three of the five checks, right? I, that yeah. that to me is something I think is the next step of the education that these like, and not an upsell mentality, but a digging deep and trying to understand what the consumer wants. And you'll end up upselling them all day long because once you make three good suggestions based off those questions, you suggest something, they'll buy it. I've learned that firsthand. Yeah. There, the amount of times I've made second or third sales because I had to stop telling them products before they finished buying because I felt guilty like I was upselling them. Like turning yeah. a $20 purchase into a $200 purchase sometimes. And I, yeah, so no, I'm I, like, I've had that. I'm not. And then I'm like, okay, next time around, I, like, I know you're coming tomorrow to get more weed. You're a daily. Yeah. Next time you come in, <laughs> And this is get this, this, and this. Oh, okay. You know what? I'll just get it today. And then they'll come back tomorrow and buy everything that they liked again and then ask for more suggestions. I love that. Yeah. And 
that type of connection is how these bud tenders are going to upsell their consumer. They're not upselling them. They're just gaining the consumer's trust and providing quality products for them to enjoy. It's all Let's about it trust. What it is. And then this circles back to us not having good stock because I want my customers. I like, I'm not on the sales floor as often. I'm more on reserve. I sit behind the, the sales wall. If it gets busy, I'll go out and go help. But if I, if I'm forced to recommend the better out of two evils for these two options, like what am I really doing? But in other categories, like, so because we have the edible store, we lead the Yukon in our edible selection. I really love working in Oasis because whenever I'm working with someone, I'm like, Okay, so based off of your answers, I have all of these products that would better suit you. This is this, this is this, this is this. Not eight times out of ten, I want to say they're like, I'll get it all. My my little line is I always say, I'm a man of many options. I'm a man of many options. But no, and giving them that ability is is great. Yeah, I mean the the variety of the products available and the ability to kind of hit what the consumer needs is is really important right especially when you can go and with like the delay in the new products coming up to the Yukon that's that's not beneficial right there's CBN gummies that I'm sure you have a chunk of consumers would benefit from for sleep aid there's CBG bubble hash that I'm sure there's a bunch of consumers that would enjoy right like we have no smokable CBG products or even CBN products and and that's something like that that and would, night, night has a five pack of pre-rolls of CBN dominant, or I believe it's a one-to-one THC CBN. I'd have to look to make sure the numbers are right. I don't know why those aren't available everywhere. Right? Yeah, I I really think that like all jurisdictions should have should have the same access to all of the cannabis. And right. I like I understand like production and sourcing issues, right. but these kind of things, and especially how late we got into CBN and CBG. I had customers all through the tourist season last summer coming through like, oh, do you have this product? Oh, do you have this product? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I've never heard of that brand before. I've never heard of that before. But doing the more research, I sought out these companies and I was like, this is the gap we're looking for. And yeah. this is what I have to bring in. And well, also, and- I actually I wanted to mention a little bit about the special order system that the Yukon started doing. Okay. Yeah, so, let's, let's go into that. Back in October, so like we all know about like BC doing like the direct to retailer system, how like certain microgrowers can send. So based off of that, I worked really closely with our liquor corporation to kind of develop a system because what I was noticing is they were bringing in a lot of these big name brands and big qualities or sorry, big quantities, but they weren't bringing in like the craft guys were just getting forgotten about. They were bringing in maybe like one case each, which all four retailer or all six retailers in Yukon now have to fight over that one case. And we'll probably each only get like two units, which has happened to me before. But so we worked with them to create a a special order system that we think is our first step to doing a direct to retailer system. So twice a week, I receive a sheet or sorry, twice a month, I receive a sheet from YLC with uh, different LPs on each, on each sheet. I put in my numbers that I want for my shop and I submit it to YLC and they place the order from YLC to the LP. And then when it gets in, I do a door to floor system. So as soon as it lands at YLC, I'm going to go pick it up and bring it to my shop. So that's giving us the opportunity to get more of these extended, uh, extended products. But now what we're seeing is certain companies because we're ordering just for like, we have to pick everything up on that day. If I'm trying to get a very large quantity of flour, that's a very good chance. I'm going to be getting a, a $20,000 order right there. And that's as a retail space, as a locally owned retail space, that's hard to that's hard to manage. So 
now what we're seeing is a lot of these small LPs that I've, I love and I've been using and selling their product for years, they're not sending up here anymore because we're trying, because they just don't want to deal with the special order system anymore. They're like, not enough people are ordering from us. So we're just going to stop sending it up there. Classic staples that have been on our shelf since day one, or even let's say like year two, we don't see anymore because they don't think it's worth it to ship to the Yukon because we're ordering just for us and not for the warehouse. So for something like that, would you, like, I'm just trying to think of a, a way to create a solution for that. And I mean, my like, solution wouldn't be to do it every month because I have I have my week two and then I have my week four uh, special order suppliers. Each list is, is different. It has the same LPs, but the week two and the week four have different ones. I would say doing a month one and a month two. I, I don't understand why I'm ordering for four weeks of inventory when I want to order for six to eight weeks of inventory. Well, and if if you're doing those large scales of of bulk, that would be a totally different conversation, right? Because like, for us, when I was working in the retail store here, we were doing twenty, thirty thousand dollar um worth of product a week. So like every Thursday we'd get two to three boxes of of product, sort it through, put it on the shelf, it'd be out within four to five hours of us receiving. But with you, you're you're totally different scale and a, and a, it is. And a different and, system, right? So, and I'm actually I'm actually the one that picks up our cannabis orders. I take my truck and I go to YLC and I load all that product into my back, and then I bring it to to the shop and back in and unload it. So, and we actually pick up three times a week. Like we're we're really like it is nice. It's there are benefits and there are obvious obviously downsides to working in a small jurisdiction but i have great communication with my liquor board i have a weekly meeting with all of with like the ylc people and then all the retailers we all get on a zoom call and we all chat i have i have the ability to change my order schedule so recently instead of picking up twice a week i now pick up three times a week because we're seeing that increased volume and i have that ability i can give them a call and i'll get and i'll get a person that i actually want to talk to about my issues I can request a meeting. They'll come here. I'll go there. I'm actually very good friends with one of the liquor corp, corp people. Well, and that's that's a big and especially being a small jurisdiction, that's a big benefit because you can institute change, or if you have a possible solution, you can bring it to them and find a way to make it work, or find a way to incorporate some of the ideas of that solution into an actual solution. So that is we had, hugely um, beneficial for you in comparison to someone like me in Alberta, where it's a totally different size of monster and machine, right? Yeah. And like, we, we're not too sure exactly what happened. But so like, last year, we started offering seniors and veterans discounts, because we noticed a lot of our consumers were seniors, and a lot of our consumers are veterans, and we wanted to make sure they could have like a little bit of a, a lower price. Someone we're not exactly sure who reported us to the, uh, they said it like reported us basically to compliance and said that, that uh, doing seniors and veterans discounts weren't allowed. And we all as retailers banded together on this Zoom call and we fought for our for our like our yeah. right to be able to offer our consumers discounts. It was it was actually quite funny. We kept on it's like, do you just not like old people? Do you just not want old people to be comfortable? What about the elders in our community? How about veterans who fought for this country? You don't want to give them 10% off? Because when you're talking about it, it's it's ridiculous. It's and we ended up having a 15-minute argue, ar argument on the same Zoom call about the difference between a BOGO and a 50% discount. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. They wanted to take away all of our ability to give discounts, like, in general. And But 
us as retailers, we had a lot of influence and we were all on that Zoom call and we were all backing each other. There was no more competition between us. We were all just fighting for the exact same right to do what we want to our, with yeah. our retail stores because it's, it's our business. It's our shop. I, what, I don't, what I don't understand is a senior and veteran discount is almost standard. Like, right? I would agree. It, it is like I would say, again, Canada compared to the States, Totally different when it comes to the veteran side, but the senior discount is a standard staple. I would say at eighty plus establish eighty percent of the establishments that do service base, like restaurants stuff along those lines, there's some sort of senior Grocery menu, stores, senior discount, shop. senior senior day, senior hour, senior morning, it, like the the, the Thursdays you here. get, <laughs> yeah, like a liquor store here every single morning. I think it's from like nine until ten. It's just seniors. Yeah, exactly. So like, it made no sense, but because we were in that smaller jurisdiction and we could have that meeting with YLC and be like, this is our reason. It did take them about four months to give us the the thumbs up, but we were really, really glad when they actually said, you guys can continue. And our consumers have been like, our customers have been so happy since because we were really yeah. worried we were going to have to take this away. We kept on telling people, if you could write a letter of support, that would be amazing for us. Well, absolutely. And, and I don't... <sighs> Unless you're selling to minors, if you're oh, buying the product and selling it at an 80% sale, the only people you're hurting are the dispensaries around you and your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And arguably, it's kind of what's going on with the big dispensaries right now anyways. I agree. So I agree. like one of why, our, one of our, oh, sorry. Why is it only allowed for the big boys? <laughs> yeah, we actually, we have a, we have a shop in town that um, like their prices are consistently like 10 to 20% higher than ours, even though they are one of the largest chains. Uh, but they also do amazing, uh, amazing sales where they can drop their prices below the wholesale price. I review, you know, it's important as like the operations, like the chief of operations, I, I, I snoop and I check out their online menus and I see what kind of promotions you're doing. And, you know, you gather, gather the information. And I'm always astounded when I see a product selling for $5 less or even more sometimes than the wholesale price. But them being able to do that, like, and I don't want to say, I don't want to put more restrictions on putting sales, but those big guys being able to do that does hurt the little guys. And that came more from the lack of restriction on the amount of growth that could be done mm-hmm. over years. Like, I'm not anti-growth. I'm not anti-anything. I was just under the belief of, say, we we have, like, I know Alberta had a restriction of how many dispensaries under a single name could be allowed for the for, for a certain time. I I had no issues with that. Say you had a 10, 10 dispensary cap under a brand, and then you're allowed a 30% growth increase of the dispensaries that you have set up every year. So... From 10, you can go to 13. From 13, you can go to, and you just, so yeah, if you own 100 dispensaries, you can kick up 30 more. But it's going to take you 10 years to get to that size. You can't just come in Which and buy that. market. And that pushes give, out the little guys. It, it gives all the little guys an opportunity to create the brand loyalty, the consumer base, and a name for themselves. So that when those big co- company comes in and takes all of the corporate cannabis out, well, they just go, okay, well, we're switching just to the craft stuff. So if you guys are going to go buy cheap ounces, go there, let us know what's good. And we'll bring that in and we'll bring it and we'll sell it for you guys because that's the product you like. Let us know what products you want us to bring in from 
right? Go buy it when it's $70 and then let us know and we'll bring it in and we'll sell it to you for 85. So when you want to come and support us, come buy it here. Yeah, yes. no, and like we we do tell people we're de- we're not the we're not the cheapest place in town. We know that we're not the most expensive, but we're not the cheapest. And whenever people point out it's like, "Oh, well this is this this is 95 cents cheaper over there. Oh, this is a dollar cheaper over here." We also we pay our staff a living wage. I have friends who work at that other dispensary. I know how much they're making. And we will yes, we will increase our prices so our staff can ha- can pay their rent, so our staff can buy their food, and so we can all enjoy the cannabis that we sell. Because what's the point in being so passionate about cannabis if you're not even allowed if you're not even able to consume it? So yeah, our prices are are ninety five cents to two dollars more than some of the than the, one of the other dispensaries here in town. But it's because we're focusing on the people and not just the profit, which is well, what I think cannabis should be in the first place. It should be about the people because it's what makes this industry run in the first place. Absolutely. And that's, that's honestly where I would like to see a separation between this industry of the corporate cannabis and the cannabis that is more along our lines of what we want to see, because arguably it's two different markets, the mass product, large scale, that is your buy in bulk. That's your Walmart. Exactly. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with going there and stocking up and having that product available. Mm -hmm. But is it what you're going to want to consume on a big special day? Or is it something that when you need a specific effect or specific, you're looking for a curated option? Are you going to go to Walmart or are you going to go to the the local, the local deli, the local cheese shop? Exactly. Exactly. And like when some pe- when I'm, when people say that they want something nice and I'm like, okay, well, these are some nice products. Sometimes they're like, well, why is it? Why is it so expensive? Why? Blah, blah, blah. And then I just talk about wine. Yes, you can get your barefoot Sauvignon Blanc Pinot Grigio for, oh God, it's been so long since I've drank, um, for however much it is. Yeah. Or you can get your really nice wine and it can be a celebratory thing. It isn't just, as we keep on saying, it isn't just about getting stoned. It's about the experience of it all. And the more you learn, the more you understand, the more you like, and for me, the more I grow, the more I actually grow the plant myself. The more I appreciate the bud in the jar because I know how difficult it is to do that to begin with and then to hunt out a genetic that smells that good and do it with that, that that deserves the appreciation of just sitting there and admiring the bud. 100%. 100%. Yeah. No, I've I've done quite a few. I'm not, I'm definitely not our cultivation expert. Uh, we do have a cult- cultivation expert. We have the uh, Eucana Cup here, which is just like a little local growing competition, friendly growing competition. My cultivation master is actually the two-year uh, two-year, two-year nice. winner. So he's definitely much better than I am, but I've tried <laughs> to grow. I, I've done a few grows and I'm always just, whenever I finish, I'm always just, it gives me more of an appreciation for the craft growers that they were able to, they, they may have had the exact same seed. They probably could have done it so much better. I, yeah. <laughs> I did. I, my first grow, I used miracle grow. So that just tells you how much I knew. <laughs> Yeah. I think everyone's got that little bit of a horror story, the first grow, especially when they yeah. aren't, they don't have a guide. That's, I, I should be correct on that one. First grow without a proper guide. I watched you, I just, I just Googled some instructions. Yeah. And screenshotted it. That was, I was like, oh, okay, this looks easy. I can do this. It was a yeah, horrible, sounds like I was my a, first outdoor, I was a horrible like weed plant dad. <laughs> sounds exactly like my first outdoor grow. Spacey, larfy, not real good auto flowers. 
only grew this big when they should have been like trees. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> yep, yep. And that's also why we brought in our cultivation expert because we want to have someone who can talk to someone about everything because we're not like, um, I'm 95% sure this is in other jurisdictions, but we're not actually allowed to sell like cultivation equipment inside of our cannabis space yeah. because it's not considered a cannabis accessory, even though this is a product that is made for growing cannabis. So one of the nice things about owning this building and having our multi-levels is, so like right over here, this wall that is behind me, this shares a wall with our cultivation section. So we nice. sell all like the, all the, all the tents, all the, all the lights, all the nutrients, pretty much everything. We do THC testing, all that awesome. kind of stuff. Because we also know, I, when I first got into growing, I looked into bringing a tent up here. The cheapest tent I could find, like I got, I was looking at a whole set for about $600. The shipping was 470 Yep. We can, we can order in mass amounts. We can get it for much cheaper. And we can provide our consumers with these, with these ways of growing their cannabis without having to spend $1,000, most of it being on shipping. Yeah, that is. And that was, that was a few years ago. I'm sure it's more accessible. Yeah, it, it really is. That's uh, my least favorite thing is when I'm looking for like a new side table and I go to furniturecanada.ca and they say, we don't ship to the Yukon. And I'm like, bitch, we are the Yukon. Like we're, <laughs> we're the can we're Canada. Like what, what do you, uh, yeah. And, yeah, that it is, it is a totally, but it is a totally different world once you get up there too, right? It is. And it's amazing, right? Like there's a reason why I haven't left in the, like and I've I've been here for so long. I really the darkness doesn't bother me as much. We we um the Yukon always does like a little. It's like the light room, so it's yeah. yeah. So you can go there and there's like fake grass and flowers and colorful balloons and everything. You can go and get some some daylight or some sunshine. But in the summer, you got 24 hours of sunlight to do whatever the hell you want. We all go a little bit crazy in the summer because we're trying to fit our entire year into four months. So we're all sleeping like four hours, a day, four hours a night because we're just trying to trying to like go to the like, first of all, go to work. Second of all, hang with your friends, go to the lake, go to road trips, music festivals, going to go look up to this look point and go have a yeah. joint, like all of this kind of stuff. It's a great community feel up here. Like, of course, there are people that I've uh, I've grown up with that I, re I really wish I didn't know me now because they, they knew what I was like back yeah. then. But knowing that if I if I slip on the sidewalk or something, there's going to be someone to help me really means a lot. I, yeah, I slipped on the ice. Uh, what was it? February it would have been February, 2021. I ended up slipping on the ice and I cracked my head against the sidewalk and this random person stopped their car, put me in their car and brought me to the hospital. Yeah. That, like it's very much a, com it's a very big community white horse. That's definitely the feel you get there. Right. It's and cool. we, we are leading the country in population growth. So things are, things are getting a little bit different versus when like my favorite sledding hill is no more. They've actually built an entire neighborhood there in the past 15 oh, years. Wow. Yeah, no, it's insane. I go to, I go to the, I go to the, that little neighborhood area. And I just, I get blown away about how large it is now, but the community is what people move up here for. And like having, having those people around, like, I'm, I'm on a first name basis with, I want to say, I want to say all of our regulars, which is very difficult because I'm really horrible with names. <laughs> Unless you're seeing them on a regular basis, it's hard, right? It but is. It, that, is. it just shows how much interaction you have within the community and the amount of customers that you have coming into the shop, right? It is. Yeah, I know. Like we, uh, and also we are in the core of downtown. So we're, uh, we're about, we're two blocks away from main street. So it does help, help with getting like that oh, foot traffic in on a daily basis. And well, another one of the things, 
So we were kind of talking a little bit about oversaturation recently, like in the Alberta market. We are kind of starting to see that up here now. Thankfully, there are rules where like you have to be 150 meters away from each other. But the way the white horse is zoned, you're actually not allowed to open up a dispensary anywhere but the downtown core. And if you ever want to take a look at a map of Whitehorse, the downtown core is the smallest part of Whitehorse. Yeah. Like if if they wanted to branch out, like of course neighborhoods are a bit far away. Like you got to drive about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to get to Porter Creek. You got to get 15 minutes up to Copper Ridge. Where I live, I live about half hour outside of town. Um, but those neighborhoods would love to have a cannabis dispensary because we recently had a shop. It was last year open up on main street. So they were 153 meters away from us. So we couldn't contest it. 153. So, but we're seeing that two blocks away from our shop, taking like not taking our customers, but owners love new shiny things. And they were going over there for a while. Thankfully we've, we've started, we've seen most of our people back again. Um, But we're concerned that it's just going to continue growing. They're not putting any limitations about how many, how many cannabis shops can open up. And they're only saying you have to open up in the downtown core. There's already four of us. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. that. If they put one closer to the highway, because one of the goals, you'll hear this a lot. One of the goals of living Whitehorse is to get out of Whitehorse. You want to be living <laughs> on like, <laughs> you want to be living just outside city limits where there's still power, water and internet. But just far enough away where you don't have to deal with anybody yep so if they put one on like the north highway you would get they would get all of the all of those communities and that would be amazing yep it would provide a huge service but it would just absolutely put a detriment on that downtown area for the amount of customers you it get. would it would and as much as i try to think of like oh well you know this is because you know i do care about the sales and because yeah. it does impact our shop and it does impact our staff I do want cannabis to be more accessible and not just yep. to be sucked to downtown. I, as a as a highway, well, I'm also on the South Highway, so I wouldn't benefit from a cannabis dispensary on the North Highway. But um, it would also it would it'd be really good. But we're we're doing we're making steps to kind of make it a bit more accessible. Uh, June of last year, we got the go ahead for shipping and delivering. So now we're the only ones offering shipping nice. and delivery for the entirety of Yukon. Um, we'll drive like the hour and a half to go to Haynes Junction because they don't have a dispensary. The dispensary in Carmax just closed, and that's a good that's a good community right there. And a lot yeah. of them use use cannabis, so being able to just take like an hour and a half drive and go on a little road trip and listen to some music and drop off someone yeah. some cannabis, it's a really good feeling. Oh, exactly, and it, it that's almost a service that needed needs to be provided for the Yukon because mm-hmm. the vast shipping and distance that would have to be covered where there's just not going to be a dispensary. Like I noticed that up in Northern Alberta, which is still quite a bit more saturated than anywhere in the Yukon. Right. Like Like we think about old crow, like old crow, you can't even drive there. You have to fly. It's also a, like my, my friend is a sheet metal worker and he was an old crow. He brought it back a readies and he was selling each ready for $10. Yep. It's and when I told someone when so then I told him I was like you you do know we do shipping and delivering now we have two regulars like and of course is, is just starting out yeah. we got two regulars who were shipping regularly to Old Crow now because an ounce of cannabis up there is eight hundred dollars. Yeah, that's it's, it's quite... also a, it's also a closed community so like it's not like you can just go up and go travel to Old Crow you have to get permission yeah. to go up there you can't just show up in Old Crow but. Yeah. Like, think about how huge the Yukon is. And we're just like, 
25,000 people right here. And then we have like 600, 400, 200. Yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense that we're able to provide these services now because uh, a cannabis shop isn't really going to be stable in those other communities. You're not going to get those daily sales. You're not going to get over 100 people in your store every day. The one in Dawson, like Dawson City, it's only about, I want to say between four and 500 people in the, in the wintertime. She has like a little note. It's like, if you want something, call me because I'm not opening up the shop today. Yep. And she'll just well, be that's... like, oh, you're at the shop. Okay, I'll be right there. Yeah, and that's and realistically for that style of environment and for smaller communities, that's almost the better way to run it. Like a small farming community in rural province, that type of shop would be really beneficial. But how many people are going to be able to deal with all the legal BS to get a shop opened up and started? Because it's there's a lot of... And the the reason I say BS is there's a lot of just overlapping paperwork and information and like security checks and all that type of stuff that happens that doesn't necessarily need to happen as in depth as it currently is. Like, I, I totally understand and I agree with the rules that you have to be a certain distance away from a school. But if they're going to put that regulation on it, I want off sales and liquor stores to be a certain yeah. distance away from a school. If anything, like, I 100% think that alcohol is significantly worse than cannabis. Like, the worst thing stoners are going to do are going to make it like the parking lot smell funny and yeah. might laugh too much. But drunk, like, like, when you're drunk, you have a higher risk of being violent. And having that around it, like, so the high, the high school I first went to up here uh, shared a fence with an off sales. And I used to, yeah, that was the beginning of the end, honestly. That was the beginning yeah. of the end. They didn't card. They were just like this couple that knew that they could make a lot of money from the high schoolers. Yep. And they did. Well, and they did. And there's, bi- there's bigger travel to be done by the police than to deal with that liquor store bigger issues that they have to travel farther distances with less support. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's, we, see, it's, we see a lot it's of It's very that. similar to what it is around here for when it comes to emergency services, right? Big distances, low manpower. Yeah, and we, we see that a lot here too. We have like a lot of volunteers and like um like a volunteer EMS people who live in the communities and such because it would just it can't support it otherwise. Yeah, it has it has to be community fed in the further north and the further distant you get yourself from the big centers the more it has to become the community taking care of itself and that's a big benefit of the cannabis community is we take care of ourselves so well like it's it's crazy how well we we try to help one another especially when we see that other people are trying to do the same thing i 100 percent, yeah no i 100 percent agree it's it's the community it's not just about the plant it's about the community that comes from it and yeah i've i've never been in such a, a such a warming and welcoming community before it's it feels really good yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more uh i i think it's a good place to wrap up man we've been going for about an hour and a half we covered lots oh, wow. of topics oh wow that it, just flew right by <laughs> it, it's crazy how fast this Holy goes crap. when you just start talking and you just get get into like i thought we were like maybe but, at an hour <laughs> No, we're at, we're an hour and a half into it already. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, my my screen is full size, so I can't see my camera on my laptop here. But no, it was really great to chat. I think we covered a lot around like a lot of topics, and it's you're a really cool dude to talk to. So it was I had a I had a blast. Oh, I appreciate that a lot, man. You're you're just as fun to talk to, right? Like it's it's the passion behind what we do, and 
it's like I don't care what you're passionate about in this industry. I just am interested in learning about your passion. I can sit down and listen to anybody talk about it if they're excited. They're ha- okay. I'll just sit here and learn because it's an opportunity for me to learn about something that I might have a passion towards. That's that mentality I have. So I'm just always excited to talk to people who get excited about yeah, what same. they're doing and what they want to talk about. My least favorite meetings are people who just want to show me a PowerPoint presentation and then end the meeting. If we're if we're going past our time, then we've done something right and we're having a good time. And that's what it's all about. Well, exactly. That if we're doing that, okay, let's sit down. We'll do 10 minutes of getting this out of the way. And then we can start having fun. Okay, yeah. let's get this 10-minute PowerPoint out of the way. And then we can have the fun, right? Exactly. I would rather PowerPoint have to is helpful, get through it. <laughs> but I want to have fun. Exactly. I want to I be excited about your company. I want to be excited about you. I want to be excited about the product. I want to be excited about what this can do for my customers. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Well, it's all about it, the excitement and the passion and the love. Absolutely. And even if it's a larger company that's just excited to provide a good service for their consumer, it's they don't have the same appreciation or the love that a craft producer does, but they're just they're happy to get value and quality at that price point to the consumer and to grow education like they find their their promotion that's that i'm perfectly fine i'm, happy, supporting I'm totally that. good with that i love i love all cannabis i just want it to be accessible exactly accessible and i want you to be excited about your product 100 that's it 100 <laughs> if you're not excited how, why should i be excited exactly it was awesome having you on man we're gonna wrap yeah, this thank one you so up. much Bing, bing, bang.